Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's you guys from the sidelines here with part three of our March Madness special. Round two is officially over with some great games we have watched today here. We're going to talk uh, about a lot of them here, and then, you know, we're just going to give some thoughts, small thoughts on some of the other ones. We want to talk about a lot of the uh, games that everybody was anticipating. But before we jump into that, I just want to let everybody know that I am your host, Twenty, a.k.a. Twan. And then my Twitter handle is branding underscore elite. And then it's also the same thing for Instagram. And then if you'd like to, you know, drop some comments, uh, shoot us some questions, or just give your thoughts and opinions on our shows, past and present, you can e- email us at from the sidelines guys with an S at Gmail. All right. And then before I go any further, let me let you uh, hear from my other host here. So go ahead and jump on the mic, bro. Let them know who you are. Appreciate that, bro. This your boy, Charlie, a.k.a. as Bobo as well. You can also call me Bobo, just like family and friends do, just like my other hosts as well. Again, my Twitter is Charlie8606. UCF and Duke. My, oh, my, oh, my. This is what March Madness Madness, excuse me, is all about, ladies and gentlemen. So like I always say, Charlie, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. And since you brought it up, let's just stay right on that on, on that game right there. Duke, the University of Central Florida. If anybody has heard the podcast for uh, round one, I touched on this. And I, uh, even though I did pick Duke to go to the uh, to the Sweet 16, I did uh, say that um, I believe that um, University of Central Florida could go ahead and pull off the upset, which almost happened here. But there was a lot of things that went wrong um, in this game that didn't cause the upset. And I'm going to break down a couple of them here. First one is the use of taco fall. Right away, a coach went to him, you know, got the ball into his hand. You know, he missed the layup, got the rebound, put the dunk down. Um, basically, from that point there, it's, you know, they did feed him the ball, but they didn't feed him the ball enough. There wouldn't have been nothing that any of Duke guys could have did to stop taco falls. You could have threw him up alley-oops, which he did get in that game. You, you could have put it in the post again. It wouldn't have mattered. I would have kept feeding him the ball and then worked the outside shot. That would have been my thing the entire game is to feed him first and end up with some guys in foul trouble and then move it to the outside from that point. You know, they would have had to triple team him in order for me to pass it out. And that's just the end of the story. All you have to do is just get the ball up high to him, let him out outreach everybody because he technically don't even have to dunk, and then go ahead and just put the ball in the basket. So that's the first mistake. Second mistake was the lack of, uh, you know, uh, thought on how to defend the three-point shot. I know that Duke is one of the worst um, in the nation in a three-point shot selection or, you know, even uh, shot percentage. But I'm not going to keep daring somebody to shoot the ball, you know, and give them that much space, especially when you – if you've watched the film, which I'm sure they have, seeing that Zion Williams can knock down these three-point shots, seeing that, you know, R.J. Barrett can knock down a three-point shot, and even Cam Reddish, when he has enough time, can knock down a three-point shot, and Jones as well, too. You've got four players that's capable of doing it, no matter what their percentage is. And like any any person, if you give them enough time and if you give them enough space and you keep letting them go at it and letting them build confidence, 
they go some of those three point shots gonna start falling, and you never did change it. You never did change it at all. You you allow him to get back in the game in the first half with that and take the lead. You know, knocking down some three point shots, and you let it continue on as well too. And that was pretty bad. That that's a you know that's a huge coaching error. Third thing is the turnover, the amount of turnovers that University of Central Florida have. Uh, it started in the first half. You know, they went uh, with about uh, 3.30 on the clock, I believe it was, and they went Duke went full court press, and you got a bunch of freshmen who's rattling guys who are juniors and seniors on this team and call the turnovers. Um, it, it, it just made no sense. And you get, you know, veteran leadership at your point guard, and your point guard is just playing bad on all ends. His spot selection is, you know, his – you know, his court vision, passing the ball, you know, um, his defense, everything he did was just bad, 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 you know, and that's what caused Duke to get into it. And that's what, you know, kept them staying into it every time, you know, University of Central Florida had an opportunity to take the lead and keep the lead. It'd be something like that that would just take them right out of it. You know, last but not least on this one, um, you know, Coach not calling you know, his son's number for that final shot. You went right back to the same guy that I just got done talking about, the point guard who was not having a good game. Yes, he did hit a clutch three in that second half, but at the end of the day, you had to know who your hot man was. And your hot man was your son, Aubrey Dawkins. Um, that, not, not, your, not your point guard. You get you set up a play after you get a timeout, and you roll with it. You had the timeout. It wasn't like you had no timeouts left. So you had the opportunity to put that ball in his hand to allow him to get the good shot off. 32 points, and you, you decide to try to drive it with your point guard, hoping what, that they get a foul? So you can try to you know win the game that way? Because it didn't happen. They played it smart. And, yes, Aubrey, Aubrey did have an opportunity to try to tip it in, you know, but I'm going to quote Zion Williams. He he said that Coach K harped on it a lot, that sometimes the basketball guys to go, you know, in favor of one team or the other. And he said on that particular play, because he said it looked like it was going in, the basketball guys was on their side on that one. So this game could have went to University of uh, Florida's way. But at the end, those coaching areas Central Florida. Were, excuse me, Central Florida. Um, it caused them. It caused them that game, you know. So, Charlie, I'm gonna I'm let you, you know, you you get your thoughts on what you've seen, what you observed in this game, because I know everybody's still talking about it. You know, Twitter's blowing <laughs> up, Facebook blowing up. Don't go here to drop your knowledge on this game. Oh, of course, man. I mean, appreciate that. You pretty much touched on everything that I pretty much was gonna touch on myself. But I will say this though, them freshmen, this is what they needed. They need a game like this. They didn't need a game like the first game. You know, yeah, they started off slow in that first in that first round, but then they rallied rally to win by 20-some points. I, I get that. But this mm-hmm. is a game that you need if you were, if you're a Duke Blue Devils player as a freshman. You need games like this because this right here is going to set yourself up for tougher teams just like US, uh, excuse me, uh, University of Central Florida. I'm giving credit when credit is due. Mm-hmm. Karen Brennan showed me today that he can shoot. And there's no disrespect to that man because that young kid, because at the end of the day, he was one of the top top 10 kids in the country mm-hmm. getting recruited. So we know what the kid can do, just like R.J. Bear. We know what R.J. Bear can do. They just haven't showed it. Mm-hmm. In the, during, the, during the season and during the, you know, and the, during the ACC tournament as well. I mean, they might have showed in their spurts here and there, but they showed today they could shoot. And they have a veteran player 
like Jones out there on the floor as your general that's running the point, mm-hmm. I thought that was big for Duke as well. I'm not taking away from you, University of Central Florida at all because, man, Dawkins, that man, <laughs> that kid can shoot. It, it felt like it could, could nobody stop him, whether he, whether he was shooting three, whether he was shooting that mid-jump shot. He was able to do what he was able to do what he wanted to do out there today, hey, and he, he did. Driving, he was getting out he of was use. Exactly, yeah. that man was that that kid was that kid. They, phenomenal. They were, phenomenal, thank you. But again, you gotta give you gotta give Duke all the credit in the world as well. I'm gonna touch yeah. on this too, Twani. Also, when Taco fell, if I pronounce his name wrong, well, I do apologize. False. Fall, Taco yeah, false. Yeah, Taco Fall got into that foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. That hurt. That hurt uh, Central Florida. Yeah, that hurt them a little bit. Yep, because it was able to, because now enabled do to do what they want to do. They was able to go inside a little uh-huh. bit, not just right. with Zion, but also with R.J. Barrett as well. You know, it was able to get inside a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong, Zion wasn't necessarily scared to go inside, but he knew when to do it to pick his spot, to pick his mm-hmm. time to go inside against him, you know, as well. Sure. Zion ain't, ain't stupid. The kid is smart. The kid is smart as hell. So he knew. But I think one of the biggest plays of the game that I think could be talked about, is very controversial, was that fifth foul on Tycho Fall. That was a foul. Mm-hmm. That, that was a foul. That was a foul. No matter if he didn't, no matter if he was, he stood straight up not, he stood straight up or not, that was a foul. That was the right call. And I think that changed the momentum of the game. Even though even though Zion missed that free throw, RJ Barrett put it back. Those two sequences right there was key down the stretch as well. So I give Duke all the credit in the world, man. I give all uh U versus Central Floor in the world too. You talk about one hell of a game. Oh man, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, wow. I was like, man. Even my wife was like, yeah, this is a good game, Charlie. I was like, yeah, of course, because this is what this is what been talked about. Tycho Fall against Zion Williams. You know what I'm saying? Zion Williams had a double-double. You know, even though a lot of those rebounds, you know, he got most of those rebounds when Tycho Fall went in the game. You know, nobody's not going to talk about that, but it's true. But then you got Dawkins. I agree with you, Twani. Dawkins should have had the ball in his hand that last possession. You don't put it mm-hmm. in B.J. Taylor's hand and he's 2 for 10 for the field. 2 for 10 for the Awful. field, ladies and gentlemen. Awful. Awful. You don't put the ball in his hands. I don't care. I don't care what coach – I don't care what type of coach you are. You put the ball in the high hand. You know, whether it shows favoritism or not, that's your high hand right there, especially since you're a big man that's out of the game. You see what I'm saying? You got to go to Dawkins. Yep. You have to. You know, so at the end of the day, give credit where credit is due. Duke made the plays that need to be made as well. R.J. Barry hit a big three. You know, Jones made, a, Jones made a big shot. You know, Zion got Tyco Fall out of, you know, out of the game. R.J. Barry came up with the two, you know, with the, with the missed free throw, put, with a putback. That was big. Yeah. You know, and that was under two minutes. So that's pretty much, you know, all I'm going to touch on. And I did pick Duke to win this game as well. And I did say it was going to be close. So I'm going to let you have the final word. I mean, have you have, have let you are going to say what you need to say, 20, real quick before we move on, man. No, no final thoughts on that. You know, give credit okay. where it's due. I, I, I had picked Duke to move on. Um, it came down to the wire. You know, 
uh, Coach K here, got these boys, these freshmen ready to play. And, you know, uh, hats off to University of Central Florida. But, again, I think, the, you know, key observation was those few things that was uh, – that yeah. they, they handed the game over a little bit. You know, I give, I give props to uh, Duke for, you know, making their adjustments, you know, it, late in the first half and definitely in the second half. But, you know, at the same time, there, there was uh, some, some mishaps that happened that uh, allowed this game to, you know, come to, you know, what the final result is at the end of the day. And they went small, too. So when they took their big men out of the game and they went small, that's when they made that run late in the first half. They went small. And I thought that was smart on Coach K part. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you can go small, you got Zion at the five, you could be able to do that because he's just as fast as those other guys out there on the floor. You see what I'm saying? So no, no when they made that run, they went small. You know, they didn't stay big. They went small. That's, a, that's why they was able to press the way they was able to press and get no those doubt. turnovers. No doubt about that. Well, let's do it like this. Since we're still on the Duke topic here before we go to the, the next team for the day, um, Duke mm-hmm. is going to be playing Virginia Tech. So um, who you got on, uh, on on that game? Man, I still got Duke. I, I know it's going to be a good battle. I know it's going to be a good battle. Um, it's going to give teams, two teams, time to prepare. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they both from the ACC, right? Yes, sir. As well. So they both know each other, you know, very well. as well. Very well. Uh, I don't know the record between the two um, during the regular season as well. But Virginia Tech did take care of business like they were supposed to in a convincing way. So I got to give Virginia Tech credit on their end as well in their game. But I'm going with Duke. Uh, I feel like, like I, like I stated, like I stated, you know, a few moments ago, you need games like this to show what your team is all about. Because, see, now we're not looking at you as freshmen, meaning Duke Blue Devils. We're not looking at you as freshmen. We're looking at you like, okay, we know you can weather the storm. Whether you, whether you can say basketball guys or not, we know you can weather the storm during those moments. But I just said you could do it again, you know, in the Sweet 16. I guess another good team as well, because there's no cakewalk anymore. Not mm-hmm. after that first round. There's no cakewalk anymore. And I think they know that too. And when you got a, when you got a coach like Coach K, you know, you know, won national championships, you know, as well, won, you know, gold medal. As well, then coach the best like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, so on and so on. As well, I think that's what I think what Zion is going to be ready for. That's what he needs a coach like Coach K. So I'm gonna let you have let you have it, Twenty. What you got to say, man? I I, I had Duke going. Um, I had them going all the way to the championship. I'll jump ahead, but then jump back. Um, mm-hmm. Like like you said, uh, Virginia Tech and Duke know each other very well. So you know, I'll keep it short here. Uh, they do, and then basically Duke, you know, uh, handle business against Virginia Tech. I just don't see how Virginia Tech can go ahead and pull up an upset here. You know, they they match up. The matchup, uh, I can't necessarily say they match up well. I think uh, Duke, you know, at the end has more athletic players, and I think that's what's going to hurt Virginia Tech. So, you know, they, they, they could probably use a Taco Falls on their team to, you know, to help them, mm-hmm. you know, get more boards and, you know, put some balls back here, uh, you know, put back dunks and things of that nature. Somebody they can pass it in that can kind of dominate down low. They don't really have that. So so that, that's my thoughts on that one. Uh, but, yeah, we'll definitely see. But, yeah, I still had Duke, you know, uh, going going to the Elite Eight after that game. So no matter who they have face. 
All right, so I'm going to jump down the bracket, and I'm going to go to the Midwest here, and we're going to talk about my team. We've got to talk about them Tar Heels here. Uh, so the reason we got to talk about some Tar Heels right now is because, and again, if uh, everybody heard uh, our podcast for, for Friday night here, talking about round one, I talked about struggling teams. And, you know, me being a Tar Heel fan here, I'm, I'm definitely going to call out my team when they're struggling. And they struggled in that first round against Iona. And I said that they had to improve that, you know, because they looked at worrisome. Uh, and they did just that. They came out guns blazing. This game was never in reach from the very beginning. They, you know, it wasn't even close in the first half, and they, you know, they they extended on that lead in the second half. You know, uh, Washington never had a chance to even, you know, you know, sniff getting close or making it look like they can get close in this game. And Washington was a is a very good team here. So, um, you know, so much respect to them. You know, they tried, but North Carolina must have heard my podcast too because uh, they, they came out there and they, they showed how you play Tar Heel basketball. Um, and that 81 to 59 beat down and then uh, Cody White, you know, just came out on fire lighting, uh, you know, lighting these three-point shots up, man. He was doing some, and I even I was like, no, don't you take that shot. And then it went in, I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. So that's the type of game it was. So just all around, just a beat down, you know. Um, you know, they got to face Auburn coming up here, so they're going to have to carry on with that. But this is how they played when they were playing well during, you know, the regular season um, and, uh, you know, during the ACC uh, tournament uh, up until Duke, this is how they had been playing. So um, I, I had them going to the next round, obviously, not just because I'm a fan, but because I felt like, you know, their their side of the bracket was, you know, the most easiest one to get through to get, you know, at least to the Final Four. So uh, that's that's my thoughts on that one. Uh, I can't say enough about the way they played. They was, you know, they was on point from – Defense, offense from, you know, finally boxing out, grabbing boards because they, you know, let Iona, you know, embarrass them on that on that aspect. So they, they had it under control. So, you know, Charlie, passing it to you, you know, um, would you observe in that game? Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, you like you said, they had to pretty much make a statement, meaning that let's get back to playing North Carolina Tar Heels basketball. Tar Heels, excuse me, basketball. And that's exactly what they did. Um, you got May down there having a, having a big game, over 20 points and over and over 10 rebounds. I mean, dominate his presence. Um, you got the power forward that was also dominating down there as well. And then, like you said, you, you know, you guys point guard. I mean, man, the way he would. I mean, like you said, those shots that he would take him. You know, like you were saying, you, you know, no, no, no. But you know, when you hit him, you're just like, man, I, you know, that's what's up. He can hit those mm-hmm. shots. You know, he hit that shot as well. Right. Just an all-around performance. And, again, not taking it away from Washington, you know. Washington, you know, they deal with they, you know, they're a good team as well. They're, they're a young team, but they're a good team. This, is, this North Carolina team shows that if we can play like this, then we're going to the national championship to meet up with Duke. Yes, sir. You know, you know, the showdown, which is the showdown, you know, as well. So, I mean, like LSU versus um, – God, what is what is that team? I got on the tip of my tongue. Uh, that football team's won uh, for um, Michigan that's in the State? SEC. No, not Michigan State. Uh, oh. When you think of football, um, oh, when you think of football, Alabama, Alabama. You. you know, when those teams, when those teams back in the day would you know would meet up, you know, meet up in a national championship game. 
That's why mm-hmm. I feel like it was going to be with Duke in North Carolina. But I am jumping ahead. But again, like I said, I give my, I take, I give credit when credit is due. North Carolina took care of business. They took care of business when they had to, as well, and they did it. They did it conventionally. And like I said, May was a was a was a man amongst boys. <laughs> man, oh, yeah. I mean, he man, you couldn't stop him. Yeah, he handled them boys down. He did yeah. that. I was very impressed with that. I was like, wow, okay. I, I see you out there, Maze. I see you doing what you're doing. Okay. You know, yeah. as well. So, I mean, give credit where credit is due. So, yeah, yeah. congratulations, Twani. Your, your Tar Heels, you know, they, they moved on. You know, they probably did. They probably did heard the podcast, you know, <laughs> as well. So, which is a good thing, you know, because I was yeah. like, I don't know. You can't play the way you, you can't play the way like you played if you're going to go up against a good team like Washington and, you know, and play like that. So, yeah, it was definitely a statement win. That's definitely, for sure. definitely. Give credit to Roy Williams too for getting their minds right, and uh-huh. then also having them ready to, you know, I would uh, come with an offense that can counter the zone because that's where they struggled at um, in, in against Iona. It, it was against that zone defense, so that's why Mays went off the way he did. And to me personally, he probably could have had even a better game if he could have knocked down some of them short jumpers in that zone because they had a set play for him, you know, every time to counter that zone action, you know, just a, you know, a 10-foot, mm-hmm. you know, grab the ball, turn around, and pop it, you know. And if they, if they, you know, was right there as soon as he grabbed it, maybe he can make a move, you know, and try to drive the lane. So he could have scored more, you know. He could have grabbed more board, but in, at the end of the day, he balled out. But that's definitely, you know, um, you know, good coaching. And that's what I was saying about Dawkins over at uh, University of Central Florida, how he didn't, you know, correct those coaching errors, you know, to counter certain things that Duke was doing. Um, uh, North Carolina and Roy Williams, they definitely did against Washington when they, you know, they brought that heavy zone play. And uh, Washington just couldn't figure out how to stop that offense on that on that end. And can I say this real quick before we move on? Yeah, I've never seen so many teams run zone, so much zone, in a NCAA tournament in it's in years. Like I I mean this is a first for me. Whether it was the three the two, three, the three, two, the one, three, one, you know, mm-hmm. two, two, one. I mean, man, I mean and it's very effective too, you know, if you got players that can that can run that zone. You know, so it's not so much really man to man anymore. You know, like you've seen in you know, seen in years tournament pass. You know, when you gotta go when when you know you you down maybe like close to eight, 10 points, and you know that zone is effective, you got to go to it as well. Ain't no more man-to-man. Well, you know your man-to-man is not working, and you're not able to switch as well, too. You know, your player's not able to switch and and guard the player, you know, guard that player as well. When you're switching, then you got to go to zone as well. So, yeah, I just, I mean, that, I mean, do you think I'm wrong, Twani, with that? I mean, have you ever seen so much I don't think you've grown, but I, I have. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm telling my age a little bit here when I say that because you got to remember the NBA wasn't running zone at all. And it was because of the college game that they, you know, they implemented, you know, the uh, the zone into the NBA. You know, a lot of coaches, you know, were bringing brought up, you know, same way like the NFL from the college mm-hmm. game, you know, into, into the pros and, you know, over, you know, like in the off season with league rules and, you know, uh, rule changes, they decided, you know, the NBA decided to bring back, you know, the zone defense and stuff. Um, right. So, you know, but they, they pulled that from the college game. So, yeah, I remember a lot of, you know, uh, games where colleges ran the zone versus man-to-man, and the colleges ran that to counter against, you know, players like, uh, Zion Williams, you know, just being able right. to, you know, get that first step. 
and, you know, and, okay. and handle his business. You know, so I have in years past. So it's a smart thing by these coaches to run that zone so they can try to, you know, uh, you know, you know, stop, you know, a more athletic team that has the ability to, you know, get the ball to the hole. And if you slide a player over, they can kick it out, but still have the ability to get over there to that kick out to try to, you know, defend, the, you know, the outside shot from going down or even being pulled up, you know, to at least make that man hesitate or think before he takes his outside shot. So I have, mm-hmm. so you know, and I get what you're saying, you know, maybe, you know, maybe over the last two to three years, you know, a lot of teams have changed it up and went more man-to-man because they're using those same athletes that they have on the offensive end, on the defensive end, because they're so good and so quick to play man-to-man defense. And that's why you probably didn't notice it as much. But I have seen, you know, heavy you uses zone. of zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah heavy yeah. uses of zone versus the man-to-man, uh, again, because – you know, mm-hmm. everybody had, you know, those those same athletic players. When you got an athletic player that can run, you know, on offensive end, you want to see him run and, you know, be able to defend and stay on somebody and just clamp and lock down on that defensive end mm-hmm. as well, too. But, yeah, you know, I, but, yeah, I, I have in the past. So, like I said, I'm, I'm telling my age a little bit there. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's jump to another one here uh, before we head to a commercial break. And I think I'm going to pick Tennessee because, like I said, when I was talking about struggling teams with my North Carolina Tar Heels, and I called them out on the on the, on the uh, last podcast after round one, I called out, also called out Tennessee for struggling in their first game against your boys, Charlie Colgate. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's my new favorite, one of my favorite color teams now. You Man. know what I'm saying? So, I, 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 I bet it is, too. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, but anyway, we both kind of called them out. It was like, man, they can't go into, you know, round two struggling like that against a better team at Iowa. And guess what they did? After dominating in the first half, they allowed Iowa to creep back in it and take the only game so far in this 2019 uh, March Madness tournament to go into overtime against Iowa. All I can say is coaching on that aspect um, and, and, and lapses, lapses on offense and lapses on defense. You know, they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't really get it together. It's just the ball didn't drop to me. The ball didn't fall the way Iowa wanted it to in that overtime. Iowa, I think Iowa could have snuck this out if those same shots they were hitting that put that game in the overtime would have would have had failed. I, I really think they could have went on here and knocked off Tennessee on that one, you know. And then the fact that Schofield, you know, in a number of times was on the bench when they needed him the most, especially in that second half. And then even in overtime, for the most part, he was sitting on the bench, and I didn't really understand that one. But, Charlie, I'm going to just pass it to you. What, what did you, you know, observe? What did you see? You know, what was going on that you think that uh, Tennessee could have did better to, you know, maintain their lead and not even have to worry about going into overtime? Appreciate that. Play Tennessee basketball. <laughs> well, it just makes sense. Just play Tennessee yeah. basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much enough said, you know, to answer your question. What could they have done better? Just keep doing what you did in the first half. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was working. You t- And that's what we talked about in our last podcast, Swami, is that when you take your, you can't take your foot off the gas. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't. Not against yeah. a good team because look what happens. You could have easily lost as well. And 
let's just let's just say for instance, because you did touch on touch on something um, with Schofield, and I want to kind of you know piggyback on that a little bit. All right. He was on the bench. I agree with you. That man didn't play not one time in overtime. What if they would have lost? Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Would that have been a, would that have been on the coaching? Right. I agree. He had four fouls, but that's your best player. That's your senior. That's your that's your leader of the team. I don't care if it's I don't care if if, if it's if it goes to two overtimes. You have your senior in that game. Mm-hmm. Especially you saw Iowa came back. Came back and played with all that heart. Give Iowa credit where credit is due. Right. You know, because they played with a lot of heart. They easily could have just folded in the second half, but they didn't. They was able to hit their shots. They was able to play smother defense. And t- like I said, Tennessee took their foot off the gas, and then you put one of their best players in foul trouble. Because I think he didn't play for like the last, what, six, seven, eight minutes, Swami, if I'm not mistaken? Schofield? Yeah. yeah, he was sitting. I, I didn't he was sitting. That. He was sitting. You know, so at the end of the day, yeah, Tennessee won, but I'm not impressed. Mm-hmm. You had a 25-point lead. Yeah. A 25-point lead. And you give that up because you would you wanted to coast? It's not going to work in the next – it's not going to work in the Sweet 16. Because, see, now as you get into the Sweet 16, teams are going to prepare now. And they're going to watch this film. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever they play next, they're gonna watch this film, right. and they're gonna know like, oh, okay, you guys, you guys can play. We get that, but you guys like to take your foot off the gas, okay? So this is what we are gonna do to make sure that you guys don't go up on us, and if we have we have twenty four, twenty points, excuse me, we're not gonna take the foot off, take the foot off the gas on our end, me and that yeah. other team as well. But I think if Sco, I think if Tennessee would have lost and Schofield wouldn't have played, that would have been on the culture. They have not would have been on that. Would, that I would have put that solely on the culture because you don't have your best player on the bench. Am I right? Am I wrong, Twani? No, you're right. You're right. That's what I said. There was a lot of mental lapses um, on the offensive defensive ends of Tennessee. But at the end of the day, it really was coaching. You know, that's yep. that's what really really bore down to this game. That was coaching because you just don't don't take your foot off the gas and you don't do silly things like take your star play out there. He ain't in foul trouble. Let him run. Let him play. Let him do his thing yep. and keep that continuity out there. This is what got you here. Keep him out there. Don't go changing it up now. You know, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, and, and I mean, but Bohemian, well, he, he finally got his shot going <laughs> for hour as well. He finally, got, I mean, he finally was hitting his shots. But, man, I mean, like you said, if they would have started hitting their shots from the beginning, Mm-hmm. I mean, overtime, they they would have beat Tennessee. Yeah, they could have beat Tennessee, but they couldn't they hit could the have. shots. Yeah, and, well. and they had opportunity. They had opportunity in 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 uh in um and and um before overtime when they got that keep when they got that that steal. I mean, they got that rebound. Right. I think it was a rebound or a steal, and they didn't call a timeout. I think that would have been huge too. How they would have called that timeout. Right. It would have been no overtime. What if what if Paul Hammond would have hit a three? Right. Or hit a two, we wouldn't even be we wouldn't even be discussing overtime. We would have been talking about how Tennessee was up twenty five, and they took their foot off the gas, and then they didn't have their star player, their senior, on the floor. Yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't stay there. He just he, he didn't stay there for four years just to be on the be on the be on the sidelines. You know, watching his team go to battle in overtime. 
Exactly. So yeah, that's just how I feel about that, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, he had, he did have four fouls, so I guess you consider that, you know, foul trouble. But in that situation, you put him out there, you let him play, and mm-hmm. and you know that the final few minutes. If you foul out, hey, you try to take an overtime like it went anyway, right? You know, or you, you win the overtime. You still let him play. You put him out there. You let him do right. his thing. You don't have him, you know, hitting on the bench and not give him any opportunity to play. No, that's that's just coaching. You you know, at, you have to figure out, you know what, my, I got to have my guy out there. And that's just it, and that's that. You, you let him play. Um, so, but going up, uh, you know, I'm going to jump ahead on this one too, same as the other games. Um, Tennessee about to face Purdue. And Purdue ain't been playing around, man. They ain't been playing around with nobody at all. Nope. They whooped on uh, Old Dominion, you know, 61-48. They whooped on Villanova today, and that game was never close either, kind of like the Tar Heels game. You know, from beginning to end, it wasn't never close. They had to lead and didn't relinquish it. They didn't even really, again, let um, – they didn't even let Villanova sniff, you know, uh, sniff, you know, that week we get, we still in this. Nah, it was never that game, man. It was never that at all. So that's who Tennessee about to face. Um, and I'm about to tell you right now, even though I did pick Tennessee to go to Elite Eight, man, Purdue about to put uh, put a scare on them. Um, real talk, yeah, they they about to have some troubles. And if uh, Schofield do get in trouble, you know, you know, or matter of fact, I'm not even gonna do it like that. Whoever got a uh, guard Edwards is in trouble. Period. Yep. Or Purdue. Mm-hmm. Person Edwards is about to, you know, saying do his thing, man. He's just out there scoring lights out. Uh, this is a small guard that's doing this too, man. He, they list him at like six foot, six foot one, but I want to really say about five ten to be honest with you. Uh, but the boy can play, um, and you know that's something that uh, uh, Tennessee is going to have to figure out quick because this man can, you know, he can take whoever playing him man to man and break him down off the dribble, and then he ain't scared to go in between the zones either. So I'm gonna pass it to oh. you though. Who you who you uh, who you got going against uh, for that for that elite eight? You got Tennessee. Uh, did you even have a do going to that next round? I did have a do going that next round facing Tennessee, but again, I had Tennessee going that elite eight. But like I was saying with round one's podcast, you know, this is one of the teams that I have no confidence in moving forward. Oh yeah, appreciate that. No, I have Purdue beating Tennessee. Okay, and this is exactly why. You see what happened when Tennessee. This is not once. But twice Tennessee didn't have let down. Mm-hmm. So, again, Purdue, like you said, Purdue took care of business. And like you said, with Elkers, the man can shoot the three. The man from the last game was 9 for 16 for three-point range. The man can shoot the three, and he can make his free throws. He was 9 for 9 for three-point. I mean, 9 for 9 for free throws mm-hmm. as well. So, again, like you said, they got to have an answer for him as well because he's going to come to play. And this is what Purdue been doing all season in the Big Ten as well. Purdue has been, you know, playing teams tough and been earning earning big wins as well. Yeah. Even outside the Big Ten as well. They took care of Villanova. They won their first game as well. I mean, their first two games they won they, that they played, they won over 20 points. You can't say that for Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Tennessee might have won their game. Wait a minute, they played Goke. Yeah, they won by seven. This game right here, they won by seven. I mean, won by like six or five. Um, no, nah, I got Purdue. They, hands down, it, it, as well. Especially if Tennessee played the way they played, you know, against um, against Iowa, and again, you want to get another Big Ten team 
Man, this big tits. Exactly. <laughs> so you don't think Purdue ain't watching? You don't think Purdue ain't taking notes? Keep playing. Keep playing right. with your pieces and see what happens. Exactly what's going to happen. They, put, they, they Purdue for the put the beat down on Tennessee. So, yeah, I got mm-hmm. Purdue winning. Um, I got Purdue beating Tennessee to go to Elite Eight. Sure do. That's what's up. I just want to point something else out, too. First game for uh, Carson Edwards, he had 20 uh, – um, he had played all 40 minutes in that one, and he had 26 points in that game. Um, and then he uh, – him himself had uh, a total of seven rebounds, and he still dished the ball for four assists. You know, it's just like how do you stop somebody who has energy like that, who's not making turnovers or anything, and just playing, you know, pretty flawless game. You know, he's knocking down his three-point shots. He's knocking down his his, uh, his free throws. And then he faced Villanova today, and then 39 minutes, so one minute less. But, you know, he still got all that energy. Like you said, Charlie, he knocked down all his free throws, nine for nine. You know, he's still out there grabbing rebounds, so he had a total of six rebounds here. The only thing that was missing today was the assist. He was down to one, but he still he scored 42. So he's putting up numbers, man. And Tennessee, the way they playing, it'll be another blowout for Purdue. You know, I'm, I'm gonna just put that out there, regardless if I pick them to make it over the next round or not. You got to keep it 100, man. We basketball fans at the end of the day, so you know, no matter what 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 I pick for my bracket, you know, what I'm seeing from one team versus the other team, I see an upset brewing here. You know, and agree and, and agree, and, and just my final take on that again, they go up against another Big Ten team, like I mentioned before. Right. So not only you, not only you, you you went up against Iowa, but you going up against Purdue. So you got back to back as well, and you right. supposed to be the 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 team of this whole, you know, the the you know the team that you establishing yourself as one of the big dogs of this tournament, and you guys are playing like puppies. I don't understand that. I don't understand that logic <laughs> as well. I'm just saying, you know. So again. Don't think you can play the way you play against Iowa going to work against Purdue. Not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Yeah, definitely. All right, so before we jump into any more games here, um, talk about these upsets or, you know, just wins that we thought was going to happen, we're going to let y'all hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with you from the sidelines. Welcome back, family. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our sponsor. We're about to just jump right into some of more of these Sweet 16 games now. We, you know, we touched on a few of the games that happened on Sunday, but we really want to talk about the matchups now um, for the Sweet 16. So I'm going to start it off with a, a real big game here. Um, you know, I know we already kind of, you know, touched on a few of the Sweet 16 games, but here's a, here's a real big matchup that's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be exciting, like the Duke and uh, UCF, um, excuse me, um, UCF uh, game that we seen earlier today. So that's going to be uh, LSU and Michigan State. So um, LSU, uh, they had a much better go round this time around against Maryland. Um, towards the end, though, they they almost lost this game, and it came down to a final shot for them against Maryland. But I really think they about to, you know, start getting their act together here because they know they can't play around. Uh, Michigan State has, uh, you know, they struggled a little bit against Bradley and pulled away against Minnesota. They, uh, uh, you know, 
they uh they handled their business. They showed that hey, this is this is us. You know, yes, it's against a team that's in their conference and a team that they know well, but they show this is you know why you know we are one of the top teams. This is why we won our Big Ten tournament. So, um, Charlie, I'm gonna pass the mic to you. Um, how you feel uh, this matchup gonna go? I uh, before you know what before you say that though too, I just want to let uh-huh. everybody know I did pick LSU to uh, to advance to the next round on this one. So, but you know how you feel about this one and who you got going to the next round? Appreciate that. LSU. This is a this is a fun stat that I I learned and I looked up as well. LSU has won out of all their games that have played. You know before you know coming to this tournament, they won nine or ten games by less than two points. Mm-hmm. Now just keep in mind when I say that mm-hmm. LSU Tigers out of all the games they have played, meaning that you know the uh, SEC, SEC regular season, you know, outside the SEC, SEC tournament. They have won nine games, nine or ten games by less than two points. Just think about that for a second. Yes. And then you got Michigan State. Like you said, Twani, that let Minnesota know that we are the big dogs of the Big Ten. If you if you forgot, now you you know, I'm gonna make sure that you know. I picked LSU also to go to the Elite Eight, but I'm a little skeptical. And here's why I say I'm a little skeptical. Michigan State can score. We all know that. Michigan State can score. We all know what LSU can do as well. LSU can score also and they and they also are a greedy defensive team. But I don't see in this being where LSU can win by two or more points, by, by two points or less. They're going to have to beat Michigan State by double digits. They're going to have to because Michigan State going to score with them. They're going to match with them. They can match up with LSU. They can, they can play defense just like LSU beating Michigan State. Even though I got LSU going to Lee 8, I'm not for so for sure. I just don't trust that stats one. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got to win by two or more points, I mean, yeah, a win is a win. But then you got Michigan State winning by double digits with ease in their last two games. I don't know, Twani. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like a gut check with that. What you got to say? I'm, I'm, I'm partially with you on that. I don't think LSU has to win by double digits. I do think they got to win by seven or eight um, in order yeah. to complete this game because if it comes down yeah. to a final shot again, um, it's game over. You know, you yeah. know, it, 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 it really is. You know, it was only, you know, you, you only beat Yale by a few. You came down to, yep. you know, a last-minute layup uh, with time running out against Maryland. You know, you do this against Michigan State, and like you said, Michigan State can score. You know, and they could score by throwing in the post. They could score by, you know, uh, leaving it in a point guard hand. If you mess around yep. and play around with this, 
it's game over, you know. It's gonna be, it, it, it's a wrap because you know you'd have had way too many chances, and you know going back to Zion, even though we're talking about a different team here, uh, it ain't you know you can't have basketball guys on your side too many times. So that's what that's why I, you know brought him back up. So uh, if you do not handle your business and at least can extend that to seven to eight points, it's just a wrap for you. Michigan State gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a done deal, and that's it, and that's that. I agree. I yeah, agree. Definitely. I just want to touch. Yeah, I just want to touch on that little fun stat there. Yeah, not that's, that's, you know, not a take game. Info. Yeah, for real, just like info. Can't, can't can't do that against Michigan State. You think you're gonna win by two points? You got to at least win by at least ten. You say seven to eight. I'm saying ten. Got I'm you. saying ten. Got you. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, it's it's right there, seven to eight. You know, like I said, because mm-hmm. you, you know you you really about to mess with a team who, um, again. Um, Man, they they can score at will, so don't think you're just gonna be able to let them sneak back into it, and we still got it under control. It ain't gonna work that way against Michigan State. But um, I'm about to, you know, keep it Big Ten for my man Bobo here, because he's a Big Ten uh, country uh, loving fan here. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> bogus. That's a good one. <laughs> That's all right. Big Ten yeah. all day, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, ain't that wrong with that? So I'm, 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 what I'm gonna do is since you know, say you the Big Ten man, you know of of our of our podcast here, I'm gonna mm-hmm. pass to you. You started out Texas Tech, Michigan State. This about to be a a very good game. So you started out. Hit me with your info, bro. Texas Tech versus Michigan. Yes, uh, sir. Man, I will say this: both teams. Won their games by double digits in that second round as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 <laughs> man, I like Michigan. Don't get me wrong. But, man, Texas Tech got some, got some players down low, man. Now, 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 I will say this. Michigan State has a better, has a, has a veteran team. What Michigan, I mean by Michigan. a veteran team, they, the Michigan, yes, Michigan. Me, Michigan has a veteran team. Yeah, Michigan has a veteran team. And what I mean by that is that they have some juniors, you know, they don't they don't have they're not playing with just a bunch of friends. They them they have some players that have been on this stage before. Along with that good coach. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be a battle. Cause like I said, both teams can score. You know, it, I look at this like a you know, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be a tough game. Yes. I have Michigan win this game. But man, I watching Texas take Texas Tech, excuse me, dominate Buffalo the way they did. Man, Ooh, this game gonna be a fight. This yeah. gonna this gonna be a battle. But I will say this though, Michigan State ain't no joke. I mean, Michigan ain't no joke either. Excuse me, Michigan can play as well, and Michigan have they can match up with Texas Tech. You know, from all the way from their point guard to their big man as well. So I think it's just going to come down to coaching on this one because they both match up very well. What you got to say, Tawani? Man, I'm, I'm going to go back for the first round here. Texas Tech beat North Kentucky 72-57. to 57. Michigan beat Montana 74-55. to 55. So, you, you, you know, so follow me here. Then yep. um, Michigan played on Saturday. They faced, you know, um, Florida. And uh, they uh, they beat beat down Florida sixty four to forty nine, um, and then Texas Tech today uh, beat Buffalo. 
78 to 58. Both teams faced it. Very good team. Buffalo had the most wins in their uh, <clears throat> in their school history this past season. So it wasn't like they was going to be some type of cakewalk. But Texas Tech was one of the top um, as a team, top defenders in the nation. Now Michigan beat down Florida, who's been a very good team scoring wise here. But Michigan also has been right behind Texas Tech as one of the top defenders as a team in the nation as well too. This one's going to come down to defense, man. I don't expect a lot of scoring, even though both teams can score. This one is going to come down to just, you know, just a chess match between the two coaches and then the players, you know, with a defensive mindset. And I think the ones who make the least amount of mistakes here at the end are the ones that pull out this game. Now, my pick was, you know, I had uh, Texas Tech and Michigan both make it to the Sweet 16, and they did. But my pick was uh-huh. Michigan to, you know, to get past them. But even then, that was tough for me to choose between either one of those teams, knowing how great that both teams are on the defensive end. And like I said, we know they can score, but they don't uh, – a lot of people, um, you know, that doesn't really follow or pay attention to the stats and the analytics don't really realize just how good of defenders both of these teams are. So. Man, that's going to be a good matchup. It's the two seed versus the three seed, and they both in those seeds for a reason. Ah, boy, it's a tough one. But, again, I'm going to still roll with my pick. I'm going to still roll with Michigan, but that's what I see out of this game. And, again, like you said, they both, you know, ranked, you know, as far as good. uh, But they're going to have to score. When it's all said, one team is going to have to score. I mean, it may be a defensive battle to start out with, you know, because it's always about the, it's, you know, it's like a chess match. I feel like that's yeah. how it's going to start out. Just by both of them, you know, having being good defensive team. But I think when it's all said and done, come that second half of that game, it's going to be an up and down. I think you're going to see a bunch of scoring. I think you're going to end up seeing, you know, especially if both defenses can't figure it out, you know, on, on their end for their team, I think you're just going to see some scoring. I mean, you're going to see some scoring in bunches to the point where it's like, okay, you know, who go, who who's gonna score more? That's how I look at this game. Just based off, like you said, you brought up, you know, both teams how they won their games in the first two rounds. Somebody's gonna have to score. So I mean, somebody's gonna have to win by double digits. And I got Michigan winning by double digits in this okay. game. Okay. As well. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you on the double digits. I still think it's gonna be one of those last minute who gonna, you know, call that okay. timeout, set a play run a play, and then score from there. I still got Michigan going, but, again, we're talking about two defensive battles. Uh, I, I can see this one being spent somewhere in the, in the mid-50s to, you know, to the low 60s, the same way Michigan just, you know, handled Florida. You know, it was 49-64. That's how I kind of see this outcome coming. You know, uh, Michigan is a, is a team that does get up and down the court. They like to fly yep. up and down that yes. court. But, yes, they do. But, again, you know, they facing a team that like to lock that down. And Michigan the same way. If they face a team that like to get up that court, they lock it down too. So that's why I see a low-scoring game, and I see it coming down to, again, who got that last time out? I think Michigan going to save that last one in their back pocket, call it, set up that play, and then they pull out that win. I think they pull it out by two points, no double digits, no double digits at all. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah, I, just, I, just see it, but I just see it. Somebody's just going to have to score. I don't, yeah. I don't. I see it being. They gonna I, score, I see it. but it's gonna be. Yeah, they gonna score. score. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just don't see a low scoring, man. 
I see it being my score, my take on it, I see it being, you know, seventy eight, eighty, Michigan. Okay. That's how I see it. Yep. Okay. Uh, 80, 80, 78, Michigan, excuse me. Yep, that's how I see it. Right. So we'll see. Go see. I mean, nope. Yeah, like I said, those were some good stats. You know, defensive wise, you're absolutely correct. But again, I don't know, man. This is gonna be tough. Yeah, gonna be definitely. Tough. Gonna be a tough game, definitely. All right, so let's jump into that next one here. Then we gonna talk about. Uh, let's talk about uh, Gonzaga versus Florida State. This one's gonna be a good matchup too. We got the the one versus the four here. Uh, Florida State, they they beat up on Murray State, man. Uh, I wasn't gonna talk too much about Murray State. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm kind of heartbroken, man. I had Murray State going beating out. Florida State, man, and making it to this next round here to the to the Sweet Sixteen, man. But hey, you know they they gave uh, Murray State an eye waking us man, for real. Um, and and same for Gonzaga, man. They they let Baylor have it. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. right there. It was just like, oh, people think we ain't that good because we done lost to St. Mary's in our own conference, and then we only face uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, and you know, we beat them down. It was like we got something to prove, and man, did they prove it, boy? They had Baylor on the ropes. Don't let that score eighty-three to seventy-one fool you, man. That game wasn't close at all. You know, never was close. So this gonna be a, this gonna be a good match, man. And then what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to you, Charlie. What you like to see? You always like to see them bigs and the post presence and stuff. This is the matchup you really gonna want to watch because you getting that out of Florida State and you getting that out of Gonzaga. So what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, first off, I just want to touch on this. Um, don't get me wrong, or we'll, you know, John Mor- Moran, if I pronounce his name wrong, but I apologize. Moran, yep. Mm-hmm. He had a good game as well, yeah. but they also had a player come off the bench for, um, what was it, uh, Florida, um, excuse me, I pronounced the name wrong, uh, Florida State, that put up 30. Yeah. Yep. They put up 30 man. off the bench. He was balling, man. Pretty much, pretty much what they say is anything you could do, I could do better. And that's what he did. Um, Kemba Jail. Yeah. No, actually, he put up 30. He put up 22 off the 22, bench. yeah, 22. 22. Put up he, was 22 off the bench. he was a different He was baller. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he was as well. So, yeah, I like I, – see, the thing of it is is that with Gonzaga and Florida State, they have big men that can play. They got they they have big men that can that can score, that can rebound, that can block shots. I'm definitely gonna love I'm definitely gonna love this matchup down low. Yeah, this might be one of these matchups where it's that just like UCF and Duke. But I think this is gonna be better. Because Florida State got big men. Gonzaga has big men. And I think it's gonna come down to that. Which big man is going to dominate on the defensive end? Not so much the offensive end. Who's going to make the plays on the defensive end? And it can go either way. I got Gonzaga winning this game. Or do I? Let me double check my bracket. Yeah, I do have the Gonzaga winning this game. But again, just going to come down to that defensive end. Who's going to get that defensive rebound? Who's going to make that play? You know, to make make that player deflect, you know, deflect the player to either pass it. Or, or take a tough jump shot, is it going to be Florida State or is it going to be Gonzaga? That's going to be the key. And who's going to come up with a block shot? Who's going to make a play on the defensive end 
far as the bigs go. Not as far as the bigs go on either team. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's just my take on that as well. So what you got to say? Man, I had I didn't have Gonzaga making it past past this round here. So mm. um, you know, but again, you know, it's just like this this is gonna be a good matchup, man. It's gonna be a real good matchup. You know, it is gonna come down to some bigs here. You're gonna see some defense, but you're gonna definitely get some offense out of this one. You mm-hmm. definitely gonna get some offense out of this whole thing. So at the end of the day, um, since I didn't have either team, you know, getting past the Sweet 16 here, I'm going to go ahead and pick one. I'm After, after seeing, uh, mm, boy, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go with Florida State. I'm going to go with Florida State on this one. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to make the plays that's going to, you know, have them, you know, jump into to the Elite Eight. I, you know, no for no real particular reason. I just think, you know, they're hungry right now. And they, you know, they're angry. They play it, but they playing with it in, 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 a, in a controlled manner with that anger. So I think they come out there and they just show that anger and that aggressiveness, and you know, just uh, kind of bring Gonzaga back down the level here. So that's what we're rolling with. I don't know because I well, I got disagree you on that. Because okay. when I when I when I go back to who's gonna make when I say go back to the bigs, I'm looking at that Clark guy. Five blocks, not not one, not three, not four, but five blocks and 36 points. Five blocks. So that's what that's what I say. Who going who gonna make the extra defensive play? You know, and all day he had two steals in that game against Baylor. Mm-hmm. That see, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna that's why it's gonna come down to it because we both know they can score. But I'm going. I'm going. If I, I'm going with Gazada. I think Clark gonna have a good game. He gonna have another another good game. He gonna have another three or four block game. I believe he gonna have a double digit rebound game too. For Gonzaga. I'm gonna disagree Go with ahead. you on that one because that was his breakout game. It took him all the way up to this so? point. That was okay. it took him all the way up to this point to have a game like that. The uh, the I'm gonna I'm butcher his name. The Huchimor kid was the main man okay. on their team. You know, all season long, okay. he had a ter- he had a terrible game. He only scored six points. Clark, at that point, nobody knew who he was, but he was doing what he was supposed to do. He stepped up in the you know in the mm-hmm. offensive absence of his teammate. Um, you know, he I mean, he averaged seventeen points. You know, Clark averaged seventeen points a game, but you know, throughout the season, again, that this was his breakout game. It was just like whoa, like where did this come from? You know, you need, nobody's seen that out of this kid. Even out of the last five games, he only had 12, 16, 15, 15. That was his breakout game. And that's because the focus was on his teammate. You know, it was on the mutual more. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's just honestly speaking. You know, so okay. I, I, I got what you're saying. He did have a couple of 20-pointer 20, 20 games here and stuff like that as well. But yeah. he had nothing like that. He, he had nothing like that. So Hey, hey, hey you know what, too? And again, we we gonna after this we gonna move on. And I agree yeah. with you on. I, I agree with you on that. But that's pretty much what you need, Twani. You need okay. a game like that to have a breakout game. You see what I'm saying? You know, okay. if we really want to keep keep 100, because like we always do, because this is our podcast, this is from the sidelines, and we all watch it from the sidelines. Look at our, look at uh Cam British. Right. Cam, I feel like Cam, this was Cam British breakout game today that he had. You see what I'm saying? 
the way he was able to shoot the ball. The man was two for three for three-point range. When the last I, I'm going to go say breakout. I'm going to go say breakout game because he did have some games like that. It's just it's been a while. I, I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't see it. Not to cut you. I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't see it. And I watched some of them do games. But what? what go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you just, it was just probably the games you didn't watch, but he did have some okay. of those games. Like okay. That. He absolutely did have some of them games, you know, where, where he stepped up, you know, where actually where him, RJ, and um, and uh, 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 Zion all, you know, was scoring in double digits and stuff. He, he did have them. But, you know, then he go back to deferring, you know, to his teammates. Or, you know, when Zion was missing, you know, he wasn't, you know, being or playing aggressive or stepping up. So it's just like, is this kid, you know, you know, next level material right now. So I, I get what you're saying, but he actually yeah. already did have those. He already did have those okay. too. And it was against decent teams, unlike Clark, who you mentioned. It. I was he just was scoring like 20 points. Clark, Clark over here scoring 20 points against, you know, his conference. So some of them teams is just like, eh, well, you know, this is kind of a mid-major type school here. You know what I mean? Right, right. I want to see it against bigger schools, you know. And, yeah, he had it against Baylor. But, again, that's his breakout, you know. The other okay. games where he's scoring 24 and 27, those are against mid-major schools, you know. So it's just like, okay. this is I what I expect you. you to do. I expect you to do okay. that. I expect you all to okay. do that. Okay. You pretty much just asked my question. I was just going to say with Cam Reddish, was it against – uh, was it against uh, like a big school? Because he, he didn't have a breakout game against Syracuse. Syracuse is not a mid-major school. You see what no. I'm saying? No, I got you. you know what, what I said. You, you see what I'm saying? Or even North Carolina. For him. Oh, right, yeah. or, even against, or even against your Tar Heels as well. I know we're getting off subject a little bit. Yeah. Or even against your Tar Heels when they lost, when they when it, that first game was that was I got hurt. He didn't, have right. a, he didn't have a break. You know, he played terrible that game. You know right. what I'm saying? Which he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to. But again, like you say, he was the first. So that's what I mean by that as well. You know, having a you know break. But I get what you're saying as far as like what Cam Brothers go and what Clark as well. I told well, you is that what you're saying? But that's what I'm you a, mean. I'm gonna correct you though, because against uh, okay in in the ACC tournament, um, uh, right before the ACC tournament, the game that they lost without Zion, um, when we beat them, he had 23 points in that game. So that's what I mean. He had he had those games. They just it was games you probably didn't watch at that time, being or whatever. But okay. He had he had it against my target. So I know that for a fact. Him and RJ both had twenty points um, in that game, and but they lost seventy nine to seventy. That was that was the second game right before the tournament started. The tournament, that, okay. You know, that that he scored twenty points. That's a big team right there. You know, in uh, the first game, efficient? was he efficient? That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's Cam Reddish, and we've both been on, harping That's on true. how That's true. I got consistent you. or efficient he's been. But, again, he's right. you know, because we could say the same thing about R.J. Barrett. You know, we know he, he's going up, like, you know, 30, 30 shots. You know, and yeah, he's going, you know, 27, 28, 29, a couple of 30-point games, you know, but it's just like, uh, yeah, but look how, you know, how many attempts he had to take to even get to that point. So right. same thing with Cam Reddish, you know, even uh, I could go back one further, you know, uh, the, uh, the North Carolina game again, just keep using my team again. Uh, uh, Cam Reddish had, uh, you know, 27 points in that one, but again, it was a loss again. And no, he was not efficient. You know, it wasn't, it, it didn't look good, but you know, he, he, he did put up the numbers, you know, when right. he had to, you know, so, but again, you know, this is against, you know, ACC, you know, versus mid-level schools. So I want gotcha. to see that against not mid-levels. So, gotcha. we, 
You know, you know, we, that's what that's what it's all about, though. Debating, you know, what I'm saying, agreeing, you know, and disagreeing, you know. So right. that's what makes it fun and stuff. But yeah, I I, yep. I just want to see Clark, you know, have another one in order to you know pull his game out. I got you, I got you, and I feel like he will. You know what I'm saying? But I do, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, all right. But that's what's up. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, kick in our final thoughts here. Um, so I'm going to let Charlie go here to start it off, and then we're going to go on and uh, end the show for the for the night. Appreciate that. Man, these, this weekend's tournaments show me one thing. This is what March Madness, March Madness is all about. That USC and Duke game, UC, UCF and Duke game, ooh, man, that was a good game. I mean, Sunday's games to me were better than Saturday's games. Would you agree, Twan? Agree. I mean, man, I mean, you had so much drama, you know, in your earlier games, and you just didn't know. You know, you could say it's basketball, guys. You could blame it on coaching. You could blame it on referees. You could do all that. But at the end of the day, this is what March Madness is all about because you just don't know. Right. And then we've we've seen some players. You know, they establish themselves as saying, hey, we it's not just about Zion. I can play right. too. You see right. what I'm saying? I can play too. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, you know, it just at the end of the day, man, this is what I like to see. I like to see, you know, I, you, I like college basketball more than I like the NBA. Right. Because the reason I say that is, is because college basketball kids, they're not playing for money. They're playing for the love of the game. Now, don't get me wrong. They should get paid, but that's another topic for another time. Right. But you can just see the passion. You know, you can just see the fight in their eyes. And all that, they fight for each other. You know, they showing emotions. You see what I'm saying? They, they leave it out on the court. Yes, sir. Whatever happens, happens. And that's what you like. You know, you don't always see that all the time in the NBA. You know, because they may be red and things like that, but when it's all said and done, this is what I like to see. And I'm excited about the Sweet 16. I'm, I'm definitely excited. And, again, my bracket may have been bad to start off with, but I'm doing okay so far. Mm-hmm. And just like I said, Duke showed me that they can weather the storm. They did that. And those freshmen showed me, too, that they can play with anybody. Not just in the, this is not in the ACC, but they can play with any school that bring it to the – because Duke got their hands full because this ain't over. No. They got to bring that same level intensity like they brought against UCF. They're going to have to do it. As long as they got Zion looking like LeBron James Jr. too, LeBron James (laughs) 2.0, because that's showing what he looked like when he put his head down and got that fifth foul on on Taco. Man, that was a big play. But that's just my final take. What you got to say, Twani, man? I appreciate that, Charlie. So my final thoughts is they kind of go uh, in the same uh, to the same sense of yours. I enjoy college basketball just as much as you, more than the pros, because like you said, these kids are playing for each other. They're not playing for money and contracts. 
or extensions or anything like that. They're playing for, you know, for the championship to be the number one team, you know, at the end of the very season. And, you know, everybody wants that ultimate prize and that ultimate goal, and that's to win a championship. And they playing for that. They playing for their brothers. They playing, you know, for their families, you know, because they do want to eventually get to that next level. But they play for the love of the game. They play for that. Um, you know, they play for their coaches, you know, this is what it's all about. You know, even if they want it done, they still playing with that type of fire and that type of passion that sometimes you just don't see in the pros anymore. You know, it's not all about highlights and it's not all about, you know, um, crossing somebody over, making them fall or dunking on somebody. It's just about playing something that they've been playing for so long and, you know, they don't work so hard to get to this college level, you know, that you can see it. You can see it in their eyes. When you see these guys that's out there crying, you know, don't don't shame them or shame them because they're crying because they lost the game. They're crying because we may not get this chance next year or this was my senior year and this was my only chance to. And now I don't get that chance no more. So now I got to try to go to pros. And like everybody knows, you know, there's only so many NBA teams and there's only two rounds of draft and there's over, you know, a uh, hundred and something players that's going to be making themselves eligible for the game, you know, so you got to love this season. You know, you got to, you got to love this game. And that's what I see out of them. That's, that's what it is, man. You know, cause they can't get this time back again, even if they want it done, they can't get this time back. And, you know, so it's, it's been exciting. I, I would, you know, I would have liked to seen a little bit more upsets, but I can't complain about what I've seen so far at all. Even, you know, with my team struggling in round one, but they get together in round two, you know, you, you're, hard, you're hard on your team that you expected to do better. But at the end of the day, I can't complain about none of this basketball action I've seen. Um, you know, Sunday's game just was definitely better than Saturday games. But even Saturday games, I was still glued to my seat watching these games, man. It's, it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. Can't wait till next weekend for the Sweet 16 and see how everything go from there because, you know, um, you got a lot of good matchups coming. You got a lot of good matchups coming. So they ain't going to really be no surprises. Can't nobody say, hey, I'm surprised they won. You know, there's no Cinderella's in this week 16. So it's about to be some serious battles. And, you know, can't wait for it, you know, wait for, wait for them to, you know, pop up here. Let's just get in Let's get it going. So, uh, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and let Charlie hit you with his handle. And I'm going to hit you with my handle. We're going to close out. Yeah, of course, man. Charlie A606. That's my Twitter handle. Again, I go by Charlie, a.k.a. I go by Bobo as well. Again, like I said, Charlie8606. Man, we appreciate everyone as well just sticking with us and hearing what we got to say because, like, like we say, man, we just we just love talking about sports, man. You can see it. You, you know, you can hear it in our voices, man, the passion that we have for sports. Nothing scripted, nothing at all. This is just two guys just talking about the love of sports, man, whether we yes, agree sir. or disagree. This is what we do, man. You know what I'm saying? Even when we're not on this podcast, we still talk about sports. You know, we may, you know, send takes here and there. You know, we may not agree or disagree, but this is what we do as well. We appreciate everyone yes, sticking with us and, and, you know, and showing us love and support as well also. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to my other whole 20, man, to go ahead and finish it out, man. All right. Twitter handle, branding underscore elite. Same thing for Instagram. And don't forget to uh, get our email up with questions, comments, opinions, etc. Um, and it's from the sideline guys with an S at gmail.com. All right. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button. Make sure y'all even share our podcast 
or, you know, just tell people about us, you know, but you can easily share it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram. You can send it, you know, via email. You can send the, send the link via text, man. We love, you know what I'm saying, appreciate everybody that come back and check us out and listen to us. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we just want to, you know, keep it going for y'all uh, because, like Charlie said, you know, it's just two passionate guys about sports. And, you know, we'd love to, you know, again, answer some questions on our next mm-hmm. show, man. So, y'all, make sure y'all holler at us and stuff. And, you know, keep coming back with more. It's, it, the ball don't stop here. We're going to keep this Shout out to Colgate. Shout out to Colgate, man. <laughs> for real. Yeah, you shout better shout they, 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 I think they still going to be on your Twitter handle. killing you. <laughs> hey, don't worry. I've been checking every day, so don't even worry about it. You know, hey, they showed me something, man. Shoot, on the real. Shout out to Colgate, man. They, shoot. Hey, the next year, I'll tell you, I'm going for Colgate. That's going to be an upset. They're like, man, shout out Colgate. Sure did. On the real. So, you ain't never got to worry about that. Oh, yeah, real tough, real tough. All right, so we're going to go ahead and close it out. So we'll get back with y'all next weekend for the Sweet 16. We're going to be excited, so I hope y'all excited too. So from the sidelines, y'all. From the sideline. All right, and then we out. <laughs>